The Auburn Tigers get it done, improved to 1 and 0 on the season, 70 to 6 or 52 against George Mason. I'm Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. For some of you, it may be your third <laughs> listen of the day. And joining me as he will after every basketball game this season, Montgomery Radio vet Daryl Daprich. Big picture thoughts from this first game of the season for the Tigers. The formula is still the same. Uh, the, the, the blueprint, the template, um, the way Auburn plays defense, how disruptive they are on defense it masks a lot of ills, and, and I'll be honest with you, when you shoot the basketball now the way Auburn shot it in an exhibition, uh, allegedly a scrimmage against UAB, and then tonight, and then having a little bit of struggles from the free throw line, you can make up for that and mask that by the way they guard, the way they defend, the way they score the basketball in the open floor and transition, and that's exactly what it is. Big picture they can run 10 or 11 bodies at you. They can do different lineups with different uh, groupings on the floor. That chemistry is there. Everybody brings something different to the table. Um, and again, just high-flying, uh, athletic. They are so hard to play against offensively. I, I would hate, regardless when it gets to conference play or not, um, Yeah. They just—they're disruptive. They are so disruptive. They—they they change your flow completely with the way they guard. There's no question about it. Yeah, the defense was suffocating tonight. 14 steals, Daryl. 10 blocks, and I mean George Mason. There were times where you could tell how frustrated they were. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything, especially like in the middle of the first half. It's like they slowly adjusted over the course of the game, and then. After they adjusted, they were all just exhausted because they didn't have the horses to, to, to run with the Auburn Tigers. But this is going to be kind of like last year. This is going to be a defensive team. I mean, they may have nights where they get hot from behind the arc, which is a numbers game. It's eventually going to happen. But a lot of the times it's going to be like it was tonight. Auburn shot awful from the floor. They were 24 of 71, 33.8%. That's awful. From three, four of 25, 16%. That's awful. And shooting free throws, Daryl, 62%. 18 of 29. Props to them for getting to the line 29 times. Mm -hmm. You, you got to perform better than that. Yeah, and then you look at what how what, whatever they had to do to offset that. I mean, you can't – let's be honest. You can't continue that. It, there are nights that if you shoot it like that, the opponent's going to shoot 40% and not turn it over – 14 or 15 times, and you're going to be in trouble. So no matter how good you play defensively you and, and how well you rebound the ball, I think they were a plus 12 rebound of the basketball tonight. Um, my stats aren't loading for me for some reason, but I think they're about a plus 12. Listen, the offensive rebounding, phenomenal. The way they chase down loose balls, um, you know, misses that plus were clanking. 11. Yeah, plus 11. 11. Yep. And the, the way they were going after loose balls on offensive rebounds, I'm not talking about the ones that come right back to you in the lane. I'm talking about the ones you gotta you got to sprint 8, 9, 10 feet to get. Sideline to sideline. They did a great job tracking down balls along the baseline and the sideline and defensively. So, yeah, defensively they clamped down. Rebounding, steals, the turnovers. Um, look, if Auburn just shoots at average tonight, they beat George Mason 30. I mean, they absolutely boat race George Mason – so at some point when Westry comes back and Auburn starts playing, you know, deeper into the season, I think the free throw thing will work itself out. 
but they've got to – this team can win 25 to 28 games if they just shoot wow. 30, 30% from the line, okay? I mean, from the, from the three-point line. Just shoot sure. 30%. With the with the havoc they cause defensively and how they get mm-hmm. out and open in the open floor, they're very athletic. I saw some oops again, but I'm going to tell you something that looks like the way they stack, the way the defense stacks against them. They they, they looked at some things last year, I think, on film, and and teams are going to try to guard Auburn a little bit differently. They're going to dare them to shoot the three, but it's also going to leave that little mid range jumper that Zepp and Wendell. Uh, three or four consecutive possessions, Auburn hit that little elbow jumper. And it's going to be there. And if Auburn can hit the mid-range, if Wendell and Zepp and KD and when Chance comes back are patient enough to get to, to, to shoot that because the defense has given it to you, they can do a lot of, a lot of damage at the elbow. I'm there with you. All right, so you mentioned Chance Westry coming back, and I think that is going to change things offensively. Uh, I agree with you. What did you think of Chris Moore? getting the nod starting at the three over Alan Flanagan. Well, you know, he, he played better tonight than Flanagan. Would he have eight points and Flanagan had three? I think Chris Moore – look, in a game where you win by 18, it, it kind of sounds comical to say, wow, that was a big point of the game. The three that he hit from the corner, it got a little bit hairy to me. I didn't like the way Auburn finished the first half, letting an 18-point lead get to seven. And it looked eerily similar to what happened last year when they'd start to lose focus – yeah. with about four or five minutes left to go in any particular half. So, you know, Auburn comes out, they get to double digits, then they get it to 12. Chris Moore's eight points, his hustle, uh, his, his cleaning up some boards around the rim, and then that three in the corner. I think he should have got more minutes. I, I think he could have gotten – Flanagan I think he got, got more, more minutes. minutes than him. Flanagan and played did, yeah. 22, Moore played 18. I'm there with you. The plus-minus for Moore was significantly better. He played more with the starter. So, I mean, some of that's out of his control and just he gets to benefit from. But still, I'm with you. I wanted him to shoot the three ball more. Did he shoot it other than no? No, I think it was one of one. One And it was a corner three, which I like a lot because Auburn doesn't take very many corner threes. And the way they move the ball around to get that open look, uh, I really liked his game tonight. We talked during the last podcast we did after the exhibition game. You said, "What, what do you think will happen from this game until the next game. And we were, and I said, I, I, I suspect that Broom is going to play better. And he looked more explosive up until that dude rolled him from behind along the scores table. That was a little bit scary. But yeah, he I, looked I a lot more – like, Trying to sell the foul or if he was actually bothered. And he kind of yeah, kept doing it after like he – like Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it wasn't his ankle though, luckily. I looked when they showed the replay. It was more of like the calf. But yeah, he, looked so up, much, yeah. he looked so much better tonight. And that – him playing his back to the basket, a little teardrop, you know. And, and let's be honest, I mean, Jalen Williams missed a couple shots. I, you know, he he still was solid tonight, but I think he could have gotten to double digits uh, if a couple go down. Uh, KD played really, really well off the bench. I'm still his shot selection. You know, this is the thing with Auburn. The thing mm-hmm. that you love about them are the exact same thing you want to strangle them sometimes on the floor. It's, it's such a, a, a love-hate thing. Auburn's up 15 with about six minutes to go. They have the basketball, and KD shoots it with 22 seconds left on the shot clock. I'm like, just a little bit, you know, run the clock a little bit. I'm not, I'm not asking the offense to go stagnant, but a little bit of awareness there. But that's how they play. You live and die with that. They love to get it and go. That's a Bruce Pearl team. Hmm. I, I'm with you on shot selection from guards, and once again, like that's that's what a Bruce Pearl team is going to do. But 
I mean, just, just the efficiency is so concerning. Like Wendell Green, 5 of 14 from the floor. You don't love that. Other guards. Zepp Jasper, who I'm wearing a shirt, repping Zepp. 1 of 7 from the floor. Trey Donaldson, 0 of 4 from the floor. Katie Johnson, 4 of 13. Like You don't like any of those. Not, no. There's nothing efficient about any of the four guards tonight. The reason why Auburn was able to get an 18-point win is because of the way they rebounded the basketball and turned the basketball over. The shots attempted were so much greater than George Mason because Auburn rebounded the basketball better and caused turnovers. So therefore, yeah, you may shoot 30%, but if you're shooting it twice as much as your opponent, math tells you you'll still get a lead. When they can't do that and the shots attempted are going to be close, that's where I'm concerned that you've got to hit at least 40 to 45% of your shots because, look, you, you can shoot 30% when you're shooting it twice as more as your, than your opponent because of rebounding, offensive rebounds, and, and causing turnovers. Yeah. Yeah, George Mason had 69 possessions, and they turned it over, like, was it 20? 19 times. Yeah. I got, but yeah. their turnover percentage was 27%. So one out of every four possessions, they turned it over. That's high. Wow. I mean, you'll win. Awesome. I mean, that, that's why you can shoot thirty-four percent and sixteen percent from three and still beat beat somebody's eyes out. I mean, you know that that's the thing. And again, we don't know exactly how healthy Flanagan, Broom, those guys that we heard stomach flu, migraines, ankle. They may have been playing at seventy percent. Right. We don't know how sure. healthy they, they may be. Completely healthy by the end of the week. Um, you know, George Mason, Adora uh, and, and Cooper were two guys that people said look for coming in. And Auburn did such, did such a great job. I mean, you look at a guy that averages 17 a game in Adoro, and he had eight. I mean, Cardwell and Broom were, were his daddy tonight. And then yeah. Cooper had six, but let's be honest, the, they were the, he hit two threes with two minutes left to go in the game, down 22. Right. You know, and he only had six. So Auburn defensively, again, did such a great job. Ten blocks. I mean, you know, rim protectors. I love – and the guards, again, the guards rebounded the basketball well. Um, so so it, ten. So you mentioned ten blocks, and I think it's a huge story of this. Is there any concern that five of them were from Dylan, four mm-hmm. of them were from Broom, and then Allen got him one? Would you have liked to see it more balanced, or are you okay with two people getting I, 90% of the blocks? I'm okay with that because, okay. you know, one one person got 80% of the blocks last year, it seemed like, with Walker Kessler. So, you know, they they, they they threw that stat out that he had 155 blocks. It doesn't like, seem real. It just doesn't like, seem real. No, when you I'm look like, are they talking about Lou Alcindor with UCLA, or are they talking about Walker Kessler? So even if you get two guys, if Auburn gets the same amount of blocks last year, but it was so Kessler heavy, and they get two or three, you know, two guys. I, I think that uh, at the end of the day, I think Trehor is going to get some blocks too. So I think with him, and then the other two with Cardwell and Broom, I think you're going to see a lot more balance. And Auburn could have more blocks this year than they did last year, just be more balanced. Yeah, Trehor was 17 minutes. I feel like there's going to be nights where he's in the 20s. So we'll um, we'll see. All right. Tim. I liked him around the basket. I thought he did some. And he only had six points, but he was three of six, so he was a little more efficient from the field than every than everybody else, right? No, I no mean, question. That's where you look at these stats when you break these things down. If you're the Auburn coaching staff, and you look at at Trey Hoare shooting three of six, and you say, "Hey, shoot it nine or ten times next time, kid," you yep. know, and get get in double digits. Yep. All right, Tim Tolly asked, 
How well could we play against SEC teams later on in the season if we play consistently like this? Well, I mean, that's that's part of it, right? Well, it's like uh, you, you got to get better, right? I mean, you have to shoot better. Defensively, like we said, um, you're going to be in most games. But, Daryl, like you said, if Auburn can just shoot 30% from the field or 30% from behind the arc, it's going to get you – it's going to get you. You said 25 to 28. That seems high. Like, I just don't think there's any way this is a 28 win team in the regular season. That would be awesome. I, 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 I didn't, I'm including the SEC tournament when I say that as well. You're including postseason? Okay. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm more okay with that then. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think, I think, it, you know, defensively, it, you can play Auburn and a Bruce Pearl coach team. Shooting comes and goes. Sometimes, Ball handling comes and goes. Sometimes rebounds. You get out-rebounded. But defense travels. And Auburn will play defense at that level almost every night they take the floor because they can control that, that effort and the way they play. And the other reason why they can do it, and and, uh, I agree with the the color analyst, is you can play that kind of defense when you're running 11 guys out there. Yeah. So that phonetic pace and how hard they play – if you're way, way, way expend a lot of energy when then you sit down and someone else comes in and expends the same kind of energy, that, that's why they can play that kind of defense because they're playing 11 guys. Do you think they'll be able to play 10 to 11 guys the whole season? Yeah, this is what's different about this team. Now, again, this is just a guess. This is without Westry, too. This so is without Westry. Westry so you're going to get Westry. And that's if somebody why asked, think... when does Westry come back? Zep Jasper earlier today is thinking two or three weeks. Yeah. yeah what I said on the show. So, which is a little bit concerning because a meniscus cleanup like that, it should be, he should be out another week. So I, maybe they're just being super cautious with him. You know, I, I'm not I a think doctor. they've showed in the past, like with Allen's injury last year, like they, Bruce Pearl has kind of always seemed to, be very cautious with, with that yeah. stuff. Well, to go to get back to the point about depth, the reason why, yeah. you know, last year, Leo Berman played a lot of minutes. They, they had a lot of guys play a lot of minutes that I, that as the SEC season um, took off, I can't see Auburn not playing at least 10 or 11. Any of the guys they ran out there tonight that got significant minutes, who's, who's, whose minutes are going to drop off. And then you add Westry. So yeah, they'll be playing 10, at least 10. The whole even into the SEC play because it maybe 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 Chris Moore's minutes go down. When I was about Westry to say Alan comes back. I was about maybe say Alan Flanagan's does, but you know somebody at the three is going to have to. Uh, maybe Zep. I mean, I you know I know you got maybe. you got your you got him on your shirt there, but maybe. Zep's well, I know one guy. He'd be okay with it if they want. Trey Donaldson might his minutes. He's got a. You know, I was so high on him in the exhibition. He looked a little bit. The moment looked a little big for him tonight, but I think yeah. that. You know he's, you know he if he's going to have to step up if he's going to get his ten minutes a game. But I think they play ten, and I think if they play ten in the SEC, and there's not a drop off when they start to substitute, it it could be really really special. Yeah, I mean you just it would be exhausting. It would be exhausting. All right, War Eagle, WY says Cardwell and Moore's improvement year to year is just amazing. Everyone thinks BP is all about recruiting and one and dones. But Cardwell and Moore show he knows how to help players improve. Yeah, if that's a narrative, I, I, I'm not aware of it. Um, I think I think that's why folks stay in his system because they believe that they're going to get better over the course of it. I, I think that's why you haven't seen a whole lot of transfers out of the Auburn basketball program. Um, I, I think the only kind of question mark in Bruce Pearl's development is shooting. 
Like you mm-hmm. don't see people take drastic jumps in shooting. There's a few exceptions, right? Uh, I think Malik Dunbar's went up, Bryce Brown's went up, but like for the most part, you don't really see these big jumps. So, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as player development at Auburn goes, that, that's really the only kind of question I have on it. Yeah, another another guy like Jalen Williams, I think, has really developed too. When he Great started point. as a freshman, and the way he is now, he's he's developed. He's really done a good job of of of, of coaching him up and developing him. So, yeah, you don't see very many players uh, regress under Bruce Pearl. And that's big. But you make a great point about shooters. I, I think you come into the system, you come into the program as a good shooter, you leave as a good shooter. And I, I don't think that's a, there's much improvement, you know, year to year where you say, wow, this guy really made a big leap from a shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the Final Four team. I mean, Harper and, and Bryce Brown were stroking it the year before. Um, yeah. I'll tell you a kid who I felt like in Bruce, the only kid in Bruce Pearl's. Uh, system that I, I don't think that really improved much. He showed flashes, but was Purifoy. I think it sometimes he really showed flashes in the, in, the, in the NCAA tournament. He hit some big threes, but that was a guy that I thought from the time he got to Auburn till the time he leaved would have been markedly better. Mm-hmm. And I think he just kind of plateaued. I get that. I get that. All right. As far as folks that stood out to me this evening, Daryl, Dylan Cardwell, um, nine rebounds, a career high, five blocks in just 15 minutes of play, only two points. Um, but he, it's all about your role, right? Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. I think Dylan Cardwell, um, I mean, he only shot it once and so, and, and he made it. Um, I thought that was a really under the radar performance by him. He's the only guy on the floor that I feel like Auburn doesn't really create any shots for. At some point, if you watch Auburn play, they'll try to get the ball to Williams or to Broom or to Flanagan, or they'll try to get the ball to the perimeter to get these guys, the, the guards, open looks. Um, even Trehor, you know, they they look. Cardwell's got to create everything off misses. I, I, he doesn't. There's no offensive uh, scheme that runs. Do, through do you him. want him shooting? No, I, I'm just saying you're not okay. going to post him up and say. So when he when he gets his points is going to be cleaning up around the basket, yeah. you know, picking up loose balls, uh, maybe a feed, maybe if he goes to the basket, that little wrap around that Wendell Green's so good at, uh, yeah. he he'll get some of those. He I think no, he didn't. He didn't get the the oop dunk. Uh, Broom did. I think Cardwell's was no. Or did did Cardwell get the alley oop as well? Or was it a putback? He goes a maybe putback. He, Okay, but he does have the ability on that pick and roll. Sometimes they throw lobs to him, yeah, and he gets dunked. So that's still there. And then again, um, I tell you that the Wendell Green off the backboard to Broom would have been special had he not got called for that charge. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I tweeted out like I don't care what the refs say. That counted right here. Yeah, it the refs can't take that away from us. Yeah, and for, for all of you in the in the live chat, leave us a comment who who impressed you the most among all the Auburn Tigers. This evening, and Daryl, I direct that question to you now. Who who impressed you the most among all the Auburn players tonight? Broom, uh, I think yeah. you know coming off the the ankle in a boot, uh, he he showed me some flashes with the little his game around the basket. You know, he he hit some shots with a little spin move facing the basket. Yep, he hit some shots with his back to the basket. Um, he got some good offensive – was really doing a good job on the offensive glass, keeping balls alive, tipping balls right to himself and keeping them alive. He played with a lot of different energy, and he got into Dora's head. I mean, I think he frustrated him right from the get-go with the way he played defense. He played a complete game tonight. I mean, he wasn't just doing it one end of the floor. 
He was doing it at both ends of the floor. So he impressed me the most. And then Chris Moore. <clears throat> Chris Moore came out and did everything. If you if you draw up a, a game plan and say, this is what I want Chris Moore to bring to the game and bring to the yeah. table, he fulfilled it tonight. Yep. Matt Reeves in the comments said Chris Moore as well. That, I think that's an easy one. And mm -hmm. normally, I mean, he, I don't think he's ever started here before, but normally his stat line, right, is like 10 minutes and he's like three or four for like seven points or something yeah. like that. And it is plus minus is like plus 12. And it's like, sweet. That was great. Uh, it's like, why didn't he do that more often? Why did, why isn't he given that opportunity? So I'm excited to see what a bigger role for Chris Moore is. Uh, and I know we said this earlier, surprised he didn't play a little bit more, which is, I mean, you can make so many puns there if you wanted to, but I think 18 minutes, the more we talk about this and the more we talk about like, you got to fit Westry and all this. I think 15 to 18 minutes probably is about right for him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that gets affected when, when you know, at the end of the day, I think Flanagan and Moore's minutes get, get it's not going to be one or the other. It's going to be both. And so now you've got to split three, you got to split minutes for three guys. Unless what I've been reading and hearing some things, unless Westry slides to the two and then Zepp's minutes uh, gets affected a little bit because Katie Johnson's minutes are going to be what they are. I mean, that, that's just – he's going to play mm -hmm. the minutes that he plays off the bench because of what he brings you instantly when he comes off the bench. So, I don't know. Maybe you could go hybrid. Maybe you could go creative. You let Westry play the two and the three, and then that limits the amount of minutes that get, gets cut between three dudes when you spread them out at two different positions. Yeah, and if you put Westry at the two – you could scoot Zepp into being like the backup one, which we saw like for maybe two yeah. or three minutes tonight. We didn't see him play the one much. It was you, late in the game. Use that experience, especially in SEC play. He's yeah, been and in then, SEC so maybe, arenas. Maybe that, maybe that takes minutes away from Trey Donaldson. Which... Yes, that would. I mean, that that to me, you know, those four guard that rotation is solid. And then you yeah. could, if Moore continues to ascend. You let him back up Flanagan at the three or Flanagan back him up at the three. And then if either one of those guys are struggling, then you could go with the three-guard lineup and go KD, Wendell, and Westry at the three. He's got options. And that and Westry's 6'5". So, you know, you can just – you look closely and see what the three position is giving you. And if if it's not producing, then you can slide somebody over there and go with the three-guard lineup basically, which which you're doing anyway with Flanagan or, or more. Yeah, I like the three-guard lineup with Westry more now because last year you couldn't sub out of it. And I think if you have Westry kind of that third guard or whatever, uh, you can actually sub out of it because you have two guards that aren't on the floor at that time. With In that scenario, it would be Trey and Zepp, which we I don't think we've seen them on the floor at the same time yet, so I don't know if mm -hmm. that would actually work. But still, it, it's doable. It's doable to sub out of that. So, um Quick shout out to our friends at Bet Online. Daryl is the best place to wager on all of your sports gambling needs. The line was 12 and a half. So good teams win, but Daryl, great teams cover. Get in on the action. Uh, USF coming up this Friday. They lost to a very bad team, as they say, as um, Brian pointed out in the comments. USF just lost a bad game to Ken Palm, number 311. So Friday's game may be a pretty big spread. So if you feel good about the Tigers bouncing back and maybe shooting a little bit better than they did tonight, get in on the action. Bet online, it's where the game Starts. How do you feel about this upcoming USF matchup, Daryl? 
I like, uh, obviously, I think I'm looking for, for Auburn to continue to roll, and I think there's going to be some some progress. There's going to be some things that we probably see Friday night that we go, okay, well, they they took care of some things. They cleaned up some things yeah. uh, and got a little bit better. Um, I think shooting the basketball is going to be of, of paramount. I mean, you know, it's one of those deals where you can't just flip a switch. But when you do start getting hot and it does start going in, it gets contagious. So I, I like I, I, Auburn's chances uh, Friday night. I know that was a little bit tougher game last year than it needed to be. That game was on the road. That was a game that, that Bruce Pearl strategically played in Amelie Arena. Uh, so because that's where the conference tournament was being held. So he, you know, they got in there and were used to the, uh, the venue. But I think at home at Neville Arena, I think Auburn really puts on a show Friday night. Yep. All right, let's open this up to questions or comments. Hit us up if there's something from tonight's game that we did not cover or something about this team that we have not covered yet this evening. We've got a few more minutes left. We'd love to talk about the things that you guys want us to discuss. Jalen Williams starting at the four. I absolutely loved um, his stat line to me wasn't really characteristic of him, Daryl, just seven points, two of five shooting. If you tell me that Jalen Williams is going to shoot the ball five times, I'm going to predict he's scoring more than seven points, but that's just, that's how it went tonight. Well, he got one taken away when they, they called him for a uh, offensive charge. Good so point. that, that would have been nine. I mean, the ball went in, he made a nice little drop step move and it could have went either way. Right. It could have, could have got him to, the, I thought he was going to go to the free throw. I was, I thought it was an and one. And they called I the charge. I think he did too. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know that 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 just goes to show you how he's just a, he's a quiet assassin, man. You you there's going to be games this year that me and you're going to be doing this right now. We're going to go. Jalen Williams had 18, and that's what's going to happen. I mean, I mean you just mark it down. Was. That's yes, you mark it down. I mean, we looked at like, 14. How you you got up to go get a soft pretzel. You were gone for about – I thought you were on the side of a milk cart. You were gone for about 15 minutes, and he goes from two to, to 18 points just like that. I'm like, Zach, you've missed 16. I, I saw all of it. I saw all of I, it. You did. You did. It was just really too close down there, and I just needed a second. <laughs> but, I mean, that's how fast. You could go to the bathroom, totally. go get a pretzel, and Jalen Williams could have eight more points to the time you leave your seat. And, they, and they're quiet. And, and they're, they're quiet. Yeah. He's just a I – mean, listen, that – you know, we, we were with some people that were talking about how he's the epitome of an unselfish basketball player. Mm -hmm. And any any roster that has championship aspirations needs guys like him and Dylan Cardwell, who yeah. don't start. Well, Williams will start, but he's not in the limelight, and he hasn't been for three years. And now is his time. It's his time. And what Bruce Pearl said last year, so Cardwell and him, you need those guys. And they're just – Man, they're 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 so they epitom they epitomize what it is to be a team basketball player. But again, I think Jalen Williams is going to surprise some folks with what he ends up averaging at the end of the year. Yep, Jalen Williams tied for the team lead in plus minus. You know, I overreact to plus minus. It's just who I am. Um, but he had plus eighteen. Zepp Jasper also had plus eighteen, despite being one of seven from the floor. Wow, that's that's uh, that's surprising, uh, but it goes to show you intangibles, right? He did, he did play very very hard, played good defense. Great defense. When he was on the floor, whatever happened, that unit that he was with from a mm -hmm. continuity standpoint got it done. And when you win by eighteen and you're a plus eighteen, that's pretty sweet, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, you look at that kind of stuff and you say, 
who gives us the best chance to extend leads? Again, coming out at halftime, I was not feeling good. I got I got a little grumpy with the last four or five minutes because I thought it was going to be blowout city. The crowd was going crazy. Auburn gets up 18, and then what happens? Katie Johnson looks like he has an opportunity to get it to 21. One official gives the signal that count the basket. The other official calls the charge, and you go from a 20-point lead, and they come down and hit three threes in a row to just get that lead down to nine and then get it to seven. Mm-hmm. I think it was a 13 to two run before the half. And I hate going into halftime like that. And, and one thing Bruce Pearl's not going to do, didn't call timeout, didn't stem the run at all. Just let it go. And it was a 13 to two run. I saw the way George Mason came off the, the court sprinting to the locker room Well, they're fired up. So sure. give, yeah. give Auburn credit for the way they came out in the second half. Again, in certain, the middle of halves is where they are at their best. I mean, they get they get separation. They start mm-hmm. to get on a roll, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. Middle of the first half, middle of the second half, they took control of the basketball. The game. middle of the first half, for sure. I mean, it looked like it was about oh, to yeah. get really bad. And I then, thought they were going to get to 23-24. Yeah, me too. Me too. And so, you know. Um, Brian put a quote in here from Bruce's postgame presser. BP saying, quote, these roles aren't defined yet. There's so much parity, so much balance that I'm going to let them define their role. Mm, that's true. You know, there is parity. It's good parity. It, there's, there's, there's 11 dudes that can play at any given time and probably start for a lot of schools in the country that are going to be shuffled in and out. And um, at the end of the day, they will decide who's going to be on the floor at key points yeah. with the way they play. And that's, right. that's all you want as a coach. Right. Right. Um, Ashton asking, do you think Auburn is in for a deep postseason run? If we clean some stuff up, it all comes back to the shooting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all they're... comes back to, to timely shooting. And to me, I don't see where that's going to come from consistently, but in the postseason, right? You only need it for a few games in a row, and all of a sudden, you know, why not us, right? So it's not uh, only yeah, timely shooting. There. Yeah, it's there. The potential's there. I don't. I think it's not only timely shooting. I get back to shot selection too. It's one thing to miss wide open threes. There was some shots that looked step back threes, hand in the face, yeah. really deep threes that looked forced. So you know, a little better. One thing you could control from a shooting standpoint is when you shoot the basketball. And you much rather have open looks. So shot selection is something you can control to help your field goal percentage. Whether or not it goes in, you can't. But shot selection, you have control over. And better shot selection, to me, leads to better field goal percentages. I'm there with you, man. I'm there with you. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this thing up, Daryl? Yeah, just real quick. I think that uh, overall, again, looking at the the, the overall picture on the on, for a first game, a lot of players played. Uh, this team, the way this team looks right now, I would be shocked if in January we're seeing a completely different team from a cohesive standpoint and how they do certain things. The defense and the rebounding, I think, is going to be there all year. But I think you're going to see a little more flow offensively, a little better shooting when Westry comes back and roles start to get more defined. Yeah, I'm there with you. Um, ben pointing out. Three-point shooting tonight was disgusting. Yes, that is true. Thank you, Ben. We <laughs> we yes. feel your pain. No, that's the first thing we touched on, Ben, but you're absolutely right. It's been a minute since we brought that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, JC asking, can Bryce come back and play with this team? That'd be fun. 
Wouldn't that be? It fun? would be fun. Yeah. AJ saying a Miami repeat. If you can't shoot, talk about Auburn's loss in the NCAA tournament to Miami mm-hmm. last year. Ben asking when is Westry back? Sounds like it's gonna be about two weeks. Ben, yeah. he's just getting back on the floor, and I think they're being really, really careful with his recovery, which Bruce has a, a history of being cautious with injuries, especially to start the season. So um, that is a long-term investment. You want Westry to be very healthy when he, uh, when he comes back. Doesn't bother me because, uh, you know, the rumors we heard, I, I don't think he's a one and done, but people are saying he's could be very, very special. The longer he waits to take the wrapper off of him and debut him, if Auburn keeps winning, uh, the better chance that he'll have some things to work on and come back next year. Right. Um, what do you uh, give me a prediction? What do you think the spread against USF will be? Auburn 15, by 15. 15. I think that's a good line. That's the line. I think Auburn wins between 18 and 22. So you're taking Auburn uh, on bet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would have taken Auburn tonight. I thought, I, in fact, in the Discord, I said, if Auburn doesn't win anywhere between 15 and 20, it'll be disappointing. Not panicking, but I look for them. Because, you know, people were talking about this. Is a, and they did. They got three or four transfers. They were picked fifth in the A-10. They were 14 and 16 last year, but they returned their top two scores and went out and got three transfers. Mm-hmm. That made it made an immediate impact tonight. The, the the kid from Oregon, the kid from Virginia Tech, they both made some impact tonight and played pretty decent. When the, the, their top two scorers, uh, you know, Cooper and Adoro did not. So, you know, they're, they're they're a team that that's improved over last year. But I just felt like Auburn, with its depth, uh, playing at home, should win that game between fifteen and twenty, and they made me look smart. Yeah, the SEC dominating tonight, which is no. I mean, no marquee matchups. In fact, of all the ranked teams playing tonight, George Mason was the highest ranked team playing a top 25 team this evening. So I guess technically Auburn was most likely to get upset. Uh, that Memphis-Vanderbilt score I was interested in. I know that Memphis was was beating Vanderbilt by 10. Yeah, I don't know how won, that game. They won 76-67. to 67. That's the only loss in the conference tonight. And that's okay. That's interesting. And that's a team Auburn faces December 10th. Mm-hmm. In, in Atlanta. So, uh, you know, NIL money flowing, I heard, pretty heavily in Memphis. Penny Hardaway's got some players. So that should we'll surprise see. no one. Yeah. Nope. It should not. That's going to be an interesting match. see if anything else interesting happened in the top 25, and it doesn't look like it. So, pretty boring night as far as college basketball. But, uh, Daryl, it's back. Number 14, TCU, which is one spot ahead of Auburn. So, it may be interesting. Um, they won 73 to 72 against Arkansas Pine Bluff. And that was the closest of all the games this evening. Well, they should drop behind Auburn then. If they beat Pine Bluff by one, sure. dang it, they better drop. And then I know Arkansas early was only up four or five, but they must have pulled away late. Yeah, I think they went by double digits. So, Daryl, how can people uh, check out everything you got going on, brother? You can follow me on social media right down there, DAP6410 on Twitter. Uh, be, we'd be glad to see that. And then uh, Monday mornings from 710 to about 730 on Good Morning Auburn Opelika with our good friend Ben Taylor on News Talk WANI. We do like a little sports segment. We talk about everything. We've talked baseball. We've talked recruiting. We talk Auburn. So it's, uh, you know, everything's – we haven't talked golf because I know Ben likes golf, but that's he not my deal. He does love golf. Yeah. yeah, so – but we've talked about it all, and it's a, it's a fun little segment. I really enjoy doing it. So that's uh, that's how you can check me out. Awesome. Folks watching, please like this video. Really helps the channel. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and subscribe. Would really, really appreciate it. You can read all my written work at auburndaily.com. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.